Welcome to Fathom. Hope you're doing amazing today. If this is your first time here, we want you to have an amazing experience and an incredible encounter with God and just grow in faith and grow in family. And uh, this is just a place that, that you can know that's going to wrap their arms around you and love you right where you're at and bring you into community and just allow you to um, grow in your relationship with Christ and allow him to just restore and make you new. And uh, last week we started this brand new journey uh, called Unfolding and really looking at how our purpose and the will of God in our life is not something that's just delivered in like this neat little package, but it's something that's unfolding over time. And I think wrestling with these the depths of these big ideas like purpose and meaning and the will of God um, is very difficult. So it's it's very important that we learn to just rest in who we are. And because for, for me, I think meaning and purpose have always been a little bit of a moving target. You know, I, I, I've experienced this and I know that people here in the marketplace, you've experienced this. I mean, we look and we find meaning on the weekends with our families and our church, but during the week it seems all too elusive. I believe God wants to breathe meaning into our Mondays and into our hump days, into our boardrooms and into our classrooms. I mean, last week we looked at at Jesus' first I am statement in the Gospel of John. He said, I am the bread of life in John 6. Come to me, believe in me, and you'll never be hungry or thirsty again. And I think our Monday through Friday work week is often a time of hunger and thirst. I mean, we hunger for meaning. We thirst for purpose. We hunger for more time with our family. And we thirst for fulfillment in the midst of monotony. And I want this last week's John 6 text. I'm the bread of life. I, I, I Hunger and thirst. You'll never hunger and thirst again. I want that to be the launching point for a different discussion on purpose and answering the question, on why we are here. I mean, not just in the grand scheme of life, like why are we on this earth, but in the micro, like why am I at this dead-end job? Or why am I still single? And why am I in this very room right now? Uh, To get us started, I want to do a little bit of an exercise. So I I want you to fast forward to your funeral, which is what everybody wants to do on a Sunday morning, right? Sunday fun day! Now let's talk about your funeral. What I want you to do is, is to think about your funeral and what would you want your friends and family to say? And more than what you want them to say, what would they actually say? What would they say? He was a caring guy. I mean, he worked really hard on his abs. His job was very important to him. Or she was the friendliest person I ever met. Or she cared a lot about herself. Like, what would they actually say? Now let's make this a little bigger. I mean, what would you want God to say about you? And what do you think he would actually say if God were to get up and give a eulogy at your funeral? Sounds kind of intense, right? But let me be clear. Like, if, you're in, if your faith is in the grace and love of Jesus Christ, then Jesus will be the answer to our final judgment. He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, our righteousness is in him. Uh, we've been justified through him. Uh, so let's hang on to that theolo- theological truth and just kind of play this analogy out that what if God was, you know, giving a eulogy, what would he say at our funeral? And I think we might move to a lot of different things, but I think 
God would be drawn to speak about our uniqueness in the way he created us. I mean, you think of the person who created the vacuum cleaner. I mean, that would probably be a cool conversation, and he probably wouldn't begin talking about how it sucks up dirt. Like, like obviously, it has this purpose, but I think he'd begin to talk about the inner workings of the details of the gears and things that are going on inside in this new belt that was put in to expedite the process or give it a more powerful motor. He would talk about the inner workings of it, not that it was a green vacuum cleaner. I think God would be saying the same thing. And so I think for us, as we're kind of dealing with this big idea of purpose and meaning that is all too elusive, I think we have to begin with this idea that our satisfaction, that our substance is coming to Jesus, is believing in him. And that's where we will we'll find uh, where we're not hungry and we're not thirsty anymore on, on a Tuesday afternoon where we hate our life, on a Monday morning where we can't stand that we're driving into this job. I think that's where we'll begin to find meaning is that our meaning is in Jesus first and that he desires us. He's created us to be a human being, not a human doing. So before you head out to the rock pile each day, remember that you're a human being and that you're known today. God knows you and he created you and he fashioned you with a purpose. And since before the foundation of the world, God had it in his mind to have fellowship with us. So come to him, believe in him. And out of knowing him, out of that relationship and being with God, you will desire to do something. So being comes before doing. And so I pray that your answer to this exercise, a simple exercise, will be focused on what person you will be and not what you will do. Because this is important. Because if you're the being in Christ that he desires you to be, then it doesn't matter what you do, he'll be pleased. It doesn't matter where you go, he'll be pleased. Because your purpose is not fulfilled in what you do, it's in what he did. It's by grace you have been saved. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into our text today, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, and it's, I think it's unique to think about second, or, or, uh, Paul for just a second as a man who had persecuted Christians um, in a very in, you know, intense way. I mean, we're looking at some things that are happening in the Middle East right now. And the persecution that's taking place of Christians, and it's like uh, annihilation. And like Paul was actually one of those, like who we read half of our New Testament. He was actually one of those persecuting Christians, and like that's some of our favorite verses. And so, like, begin to put in perspective what God has done in this man's life um, that we're reading from today. And he's writing letters, and he's an apostle to the Gentiles, an evangelist to the Gentiles, and a pastor and church planner, and. Um, it's just incredible, and so let's dive in, and we're going to go to, again, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, and I've talked about this before, that the, the numbers, uh, the chapter and verse is something that we've added in, it's not something that was in there, you don't write a letter and say, you know, point number, you know, whatever, chapter, you didn't write it like that, it was a letter, it was probably his, you know, third or fourth letter, as opposed to just his second letter, um, but we have two uh, within the, within the uh, scripture, so let's pick up. And, and really the whole book is really just about the ministry of the gospel and the life in the gospel and living up to that call that he's given us and what it really looks like to live that out. And um, as he's been, been talking about this, it comes to verse 16. It's kind of a, a turning point where we get a therefore. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting 
away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We do not lose heart because we're outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. I feel like this life can really beat us up, and I think you see this in folks that are a little bit up in their years. You know, you'll find, I think, two types of um, older folks that, you know, they've either you know, let life beat them away and like what has happened on the outside has also happened on the inside. And then you find folks, in my opinion, most time that they've been with Jesus a really long time. And these are some of the sweetest people in the whole world because what's happening on the outside does not determine what's happening on the inside. And that gives us such great encouragement. So today, like whatever you're going through, just because like your body is kind of failing you just because your brain like feels like it wants to explode because of stress. Like daily, God is, wants to give us daily renewal as our purpose is unfolding. So that's our first point today is that as our purpose unfolds, as meaning unfolds, I think that we can have daily renewal. I think that's what he's saying here. Though outwardly we're wasting it, we're, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day that it's not it's not just all downhill, but actually every day it's like a fresh start with God. There's a gentleman um, connected with our church here, and he's been battling uh, many things since I've met him just in the past couple of years. Um, he's been leading a Bible study on this property for about 10 years, and um, uh, since I've met him, I think he's had you know heart attacks, And uh, but right before I met him, his wife had passed away, and uh, I'd lost his dog, and... Um, uh, had cancer, I think, it's now for the second time since I've known him, just in a couple of years, and um, I've been around him, uh, you know, a decent amount uh, recently, and and seen him just, uh, though his body's wasting away and the cancer is even going up into his eyes, I've seen this man, the outward is wasting away, but the inward is being renewed, and there's just such this sweet spirit about him that he's still encouraging and pouring out his you know, preaching and teaching folks um, about the love and the, the Word of God, and just an incredible example about not losing heart, no matter what you're going through today. There's encouragement for us that the outside doesn't determine the inside, which is so important. We go to the next one, verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Our light and momentary troubles, I, I had a, a spiritual mentor that would always tell me, he said, you know the difference between um, major and minor surgery, right? And I was like, no. He's like, well, my surgery is major and your surgery is minor. You know, none of us actually think that what we're going through is light and momentary. In fact, we think it's hard and really difficult um, and it's going to last forever. We feel like there is no end in sight, you know, but it's important for us to understand that uh, it's, they're light and momentary um, troubles that we deal with, but there is, it's producing something, godly character, it's producing in us an eternal glory, as this text put, that far outweighs them all. And it's difficult to see that in the midst of that. So what I really think this is speaking to us is that though we're kind of in the midst of it, we're wasting away possibly even in this life uh, on the outside and we're going through these troubles. And for Paul, like at that time, it was not persecution. Like, they were, like many Christians were being persecuted as he was persecuting Christians. Now he's kind of among those that are being persecuted, which is um, quite crazy just to see how that's all just you know, transpired in his life. 
Um, but I, what I've noticed is, that, you know, as a pastor, I've had many opportunities to sit with folks who are going through very difficult and troubling times. And it's very difficult to see hope. Um, and it, it's tough to bring encouragement. You know, you don't know what to say many times. And um, what, what I've found is that many times if I, I'm trying to encourage someone, if I, I don't want to refer to someone else. Like, hey, you know what? I know you're going through this situation, but this guy I know, he went through something like this. And, you know, and he made it out okay. Like, that's some of the worst counseling ever. Um, and what I've noticed is like they don't care about your friend, but when it's someone they personally know in the room, like it can bring comfort that that person made it through, that person survived. And, and for me, like having a relationship um, with Jesus is really, is very much this, like in consideration for what Christ did for us. Everything is light and it's temporary and it's momentary. Um, troubles that we're dealing with, but but it is producing something quite incredible in us. Um, and so I think the second point is just saying that, you know, our, as our future unfolds, we not only have this daily renewal, but we have eternal hope. There was this experiment done on mice years ago that I, I heard about, and I'm not doing the experiment, so don't get mad at me. But um, they, they did this experiment, and there were mice harmed in the making of this experiment, and so they had two rooms, and one was completely black, and there was a little petri dish, and they set the mouse inside this little petri dish with just a little bit of water, uh, and they were just going to see how long it would survive in the dark. And then the other room was exact same conditions, except there was one small beam of light coming through, and they noticed that um, the mouse that had the beam of light lived twice as long as the other one, because there was this glimmer of hope, hope is eternally important in our life. And as Christians, as believers in Jesus, we have eternal hope. And like whatever we're going through, it's temporary. Like life is short and it's temporary. So let's move on to verse 18. And I think this is where it gets um, a, a little bit bigger for us. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We fix our eyes not on what's seen. Third point here is that as our future is unfolding, as our purpose and meaning is unfolding, we got to take an eternal perspective. I think we're, we're so long for answers right now. We, we need answers right now, but like, I, I wish some moms and dads, some, some single adults, some, some people beginning their career in the room would get this, that the next time a job opportunity shows up, the next time we're asked to work you know, this shift that's going to change this part of our life, we would begin to think with an eternal perspective on how that will affect us and spiritually and um, pull us away from our church community, pull us away from our families. Like, let's think about eternity, not in this temporary thing, like I need extra money for this. Like, let's think eternally, not about these things. And, and this is what I think can really get us through. It's just an eternal perspective that we as Christians, we don't focus on what's seen, but we focus on what is not seen. And that is the essence of faith. It's the essence of what faith is. So fix our eyes on Jesus. Uh, you ever um, wake up on the road, and um, that sounds weird, but wake up on the road after you've been on the phone or you've been thinking about something, and you realize, okay, how did I get here? <laughs> How did I get here? I've been driving for an hour and I haven't paid attention to one 
you know, um, one instant. So it, it's quite shocking when that happens. But some of us, we live our lives like that, where we're not really fixing our eyes on the road in front of us, and we're not fixing our lives on the hope and the, the daily renewal that God brings to us. We're focusing on all these things around us, all these temporary things. And so what I want to speak to us today is, is that if you're a parent in, in, in the house, if you're a mom or a dad, if, if you're a student, if you're a single person today, like, don't focus your eyes on what's temporary. So the next time that a job comes open, don't think of the temporary, but think of the eternal. So the next time an opportunity is in front of you, don't base your decision on the temporary, but on the eternal. And you begin to carry an eternal perspective. And I think this is so important. Like if we're going to have meaning in the daily life, in the monotony, I think we've got to see purpose. And in order to do that, I think we've got to see hope and have that daily renewal in order to survive through that. But have an eternal perspective where we're not focused on the temporary. Uh, Jesus said this. He said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth that, you know, can be you know, destroyed and stolen will slowly decay over time. How many toys do we have that break? We don't realize it, but we're doing what Jesus said, don't do. Don't store up for yourself stuff on here that's just going to die and break, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. And where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And I think that carries into our lives in so many ways to have an eternal perspective. That the dead-end job you're, you're at right now doesn't make sense in, your tempor- in our temporary mind, and our finite mind. And uh, that we're still single doesn't make sense to us in our temporary and finite mind in which we wish things worked out differently. But somehow in God's grace and wisdom and understanding, if we take this eternal perspective, we know that as Romans 8, 28 says, that God is working all things to our good, both the good and the bad and the ugly. He's working them for our good for those that love him. So we carry this eternal perspective in this life as our purpose is unfolding. Uh, let's continue to, to verse 1, and we'll just see that this idea of uh, eternal thought process as God's weaving his, our, uh, his purposes into our life uh, is still coming to play. For we know that if the earthly tent, he's just using a, a metaphor here about our bodies, that's just temporary. We pop it up and it comes back down. We live in is destroyed. We have a building from God, something that is permanent is what he's saying through the metaphor. An eternal house in heaven. Again, metaphor, uh, mansions, like forget about the mansions, okay? Um, house in heaven, not built by human hands. That This isn't something that you do by your works, but it, it's through the grace of Jesus Christ and learning to rest in him on a daily basis where we find purpose and who, we are, he was, who he's created us to be and not just do stuff, but in order to be with him. Like if you're looking for, you know, um, purpose in the monotony, in the filing, in, in the job that you hate, all the things that are on your responsibilities with your job that you hate, like just learn to be with Jesus in those things. Take this eternal perspective and know that this stuff's temporary. It's temporary. I mean, do you see how much, like, just this idea of hope and relationship with Jesus, it just changes the day-to-day, like, because this day-to-day is just a tent that's popped up, and, like, it won't last. Like, this moment won't last, man, as parents of little kids, man, we just see it, like, our kids in, like, a couple of months, like, it's, they're changing, and, like, whatever I'm going through now is is not going to be like that forever, and you know, I, I can't even remember it. It's kind of a mom quote, but I think they say the, the days are long and the years are short, I think is, is how it goes. That 
Sometimes our days are really long, and it's really hard to get through, but the years are short, and it moves by, and it's just temporary. Um, it's not built by human hands. I, I think this speaks to us that, uh, about the eternality and, and the, the purpose that God's given us here on this earth, you know, in every single um, part uh, of our lives. And so that, that we're, this is not our, our destiny. I heard Rick Warren say that, um, you know, we weren't put here um, to be remembered. We were put here to prepare for eternity. That, that this is just preparation. And so uh, as Jesus prayed, God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And like, help us to begin to live those things out, God, that's, that will be our destiny. And so I, I say this or around this, or around our, our destiny, is that can we begin to live like our life is, is bound by eternal and not the temporary? Because when we store up those things and when we really begin to have that perspective, we understand that our destiny is not here at this dead-end job or in Jacksonville or some other city that we've got on the map that we can't wait to move to and that's going to fix all our problems or that job that we're going to get. It's not built by that. It's about being with Jesus. And like out of that, like we have this eternal destiny that God's given us. Let's continue. We're going to read verses 2 through 4 and I've got a couple more thoughts right through here. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead of with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal might be swallowed up by life. You, I don't know how much actual groaning you do. Guys probably do a little bit more um, grunting and groaning, um, but I think this happens on a regular basis, the, the groanings, and what I love, and I mentioned Romans eight twenty eight is that it says in there, and I think in verse 26, that the Spirit groans on our behalf, that God is with us in that, and that he, he knows what we're going through, that's why Jesus suffered everything he suffered so that when we're growing, the Spirit on our behalf could groan. And there's this longing that we wouldn't be covered with shame. And it's kind of going back to this um, Adam and Eve scene here of, of creation, um, where we won't be found naked. And when, when they sinned, they found they were ashamed. And that, so they covered up all those sins. But what it's, he, he's speaking to here is that we're groaning for something deeper than this monotony. And that what's immortal might be swallowed up by life. Like that monotony of the day-to-day would be swallowed up by real life. That it wasn't just in the future far away in, some, in, in the eternal destiny. But in the temporary, the mortal can be swallowed up by life. Very much so on this earth. And that become, we, where we become salt and life, light to the earth in such a, a transformational way, because uh, we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal, I believe this is speaking to us, that we have a spiritual covering. We have an eternal covering here that, that clothes us and that we can rest. And, and so many times, like, we, we live our lives to impress somebody. And if we're not careful, like, we... we begin to kind of let that translate into um, our relationship with God. I mean, you don't post unflattering pictures of yourself on social media, do you? I mean, no, we, we try to impress. Like, you know, I remember it's like school time, like some of you teachers are returning back, some of you students are returning back to school, and like, 
I remember, like, we get a little bit of school clothes, like, first day, like, what do you do? Like, you, you dress, like, the cool, what's the coolest thing you have? Like, get the coolest clothes out for orientation, and then you're like, oh, man, I wear it, wear it on orientation. I can't wear it first day of school. So you begin to think like this to impress, and, and I think we kind of begin to remove those things as we're with God, because those things will play in if we don't, that really we have this spiritual covering that, that we, we don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be ashamed. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's the beginning of Romans, 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, which is so powerful for us that there's this eternal covering in our lives that, that God provides for us. So we need not to worry. Um, we can rest. So let's go to uh, verse 5 here, and if the band will come, and, and we're going to come to a close. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Uh, Finally, I I believe this speaks to us that um, we have a guarantee. We have a guarantee is what it's saying here, that there's a a guarantee, and it's the, the Holy Spirit in our lives, that it, it's just a small portion, and, and some of you have maybe are more familiar with the territory of the Holy Spirit than others, and the, when Jesus was on earth, he said, look, I, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave this earth physically, but I'm going to send you a comforter, I'm going to ask the Father to send you a comforter, um, the, the Greek word is a paraclete. And that's the word we, we, you know, recognize as comforter. One to, it literally means to come alongside of. And the Holy Spirit is, has been active from the very beginning of the foundation of the world. The, Spirit's, the Spirit hovered out over the water. It was, for, like, it was formless and void. And the Spirit's been here. It wasn't a new creation, but I think the Spirit's presence in our lives came into a, a whole other realm that God allowed for us to have this, this guarantee, this deposit of what is to come, that he is present with us. Some of us will describe these as like, like holy chill bumps or something, that there's these moments in which we're like, wow, God, it was really there, like these moments in which our heart is stretched and tugged on, and we're like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. We, we, we kind of move to these things, and I want to just tell you, like, that's many times like what God is doing. He is working in your life, but I think you can experience chill bumps when you hear an incredible musician or you hear something or see something. And I believe that God is inspiring, like God is drawing us closer to him. So to take our attention from this kind of temporary stuff to the eternal and that he is with us. The paraclete is there to comfort us, to bring power into our lives. When you're scared to death, to bring comfort to someone who has no hope, and you don't know what to say, to give us words to say, to bring power to those things in our life in which we're weak, and to come alongside of us. And it's a guarantee for us. It's just a deposit of what's to come. And so be encouraged today, wherever you're at in your life, like there's a guarantee that God is working in your life through the Holy Spirit. And just take on this eternal perspective. Like, let's stop getting caught in the temporary and begin to let the mortal get swallowed up by life for crying out loud like well why is it that sometimes in the office or at your job like why why are the 
Christians the most miserable people. Like, there's something gravely wrong with that. Some of the people I love to be around most are, are older folks who've been with Jesus their whole life. Not to say that there's anything wrong with someone who's older and just been with Jesus a short time. But that time, that daily renewal, there's just something just beautiful about that person. And you find someone who hasn't been with Jesus as long and, or hasn't been with Jesus at all and there's just that bitterness. And I, I just know in my life, I, I want the mortal to be swallowed up by life. I, I want the, the anger, the frustration, the monotony to be swallowed up by the life that God's given us in his in his son and, and through the spirit in this earth. So that's my desire for each of us that we wouldn't be so caught up in the temporary and the purpose. We would just get caught up in a relationship with Jesus and daily walking with him and being renewed and just the freshness of spirit that he gives us as we set aside the temporary things and know that it's just a tent that's going to be torn down at some point, but build up this house that he's preparing for us in heaven. Let's stand together today.